Welcome. I'm Maria White, professional organizer, owner of Enough With The Stuff, and host of this podcast, Organize Your Stuff. I am thrilled you're joining me for a listen today. I will share tips on getting organized in all areas of your life, so stay tuned for simple tips or interviews with industry experts sharing their unique methods and insights for getting your home and life organized once and for all. This podcast will provide support, encouragement, and motivation along the way. I hope while you are listening, the topic will resonate and inspire you to organize your stuff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Organize Your Stuff. Today's topic is all about ADD. If you struggle with ADD or know somebody who does, this episode will help you learn how to work with your ADD. ADD, or ADHD, is Attention Deficit Disorder, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Most people just simply refer to either disorder as ADD. It's a neurological condition that shows itself with symptoms such as inattention, being easily distracted, having difficulty completing tasks, forgetting things, and being disorganized throughout their lives, whether it's at home, at school, or the office. And there's probably some other symptoms that you would recognize in yourself or other people that you are familiar that have ADD. Today's podcast is going to focus on strategies for dealing with ADD that may help you personally or someone you may know who struggles with ADD. But these tips can certainly help anyone else. It's not necessarily just for people with ADD. So the tips are actually from a great book called ADD Friendly Ways to Organize Your Life by professional organizer Judith Kohlberg and psychologist Kathleen Nadeau. The book is actually chock full of great tips and ideas and it's a very easy read, but I wanted to just focus on this very beginning part of the book. It was only chapter two, but it had so many great tips that I just wanted to do one episode about this chapter. Let's get started. So Kohlberg really wants to emphasize that those struggling with ADD need to learn how to work with their ADD rather than fighting against it. So I'm going to list out some different strategies that she covers in the chapter that hopefully will resonate with you and help you out. So let me get started with the first one. She has a few fun little phrases throughout this chapter, and the first one was, to get it done, make it fun. So one of her suggestions was racing against the clock. Whether it's for yourself or for your family with the kids, then if everyone can compete against each other or for a certain set amount of time, but it's just a really short burst of time that everybody gets focused on one mission. It could be the family room where everyone is together focusing for five minutes to get it done, or it could be everybody working in their own area in their home. So all the kids could be working in their bedroom, mom could be in some other part of the house, and dad could be in another part of the house, and everybody's working for five minutes with no distractions, just hyper-focus on getting something done in one area. That's a fun competition. You can have rewards for it. You can have whoever got the most accomplished in their space to be the winner, or it can just be a family reward so that everybody participating for five minutes, getting something done in their space will all be rewarded. It doesn't have to be a thing. It could just be playing game together or going for a walk together, playing in the backyard. Think of something like that that doesn't require things being added to your life. She mentions organizing for reasons that matter to you can give you a really good incentive or motivation to also get it done. So for example, if you value social service, you might really have a special charity in your area. Maybe you have a homeless shelter that can utilize women's clothing. Maybe it's a homeless shelter for 
young teens or for men. If there's something that resonates for you that can motivate you to finally focus on a particular area in your home, then utilize that as an incentive. Maybe you value uh, creativity. So maybe you just have a lot of arts and crafts from your kids, or maybe you do a lot of craft activities and just have gone through a lot of different phases with craft activities over the years, but I've never actually gotten the old ones out of your space. Maybe donating those craft items to a senior center would resonate for you as a good incentive, or maybe just a local elementary school or a preschool. Whatever is a draw for you to actually focus on clearing out your craft space, use that to motivate you. I know many of my clients tend to have a lot of office supplies. People like to buy a lot of paper. They like to buy a lot of paper clips and binders and (laughs) things like that. And they just add up over the years. And so I volunteer to take those to local schools for my clients. And they really appreciate that because they know the items are going to be used very happily at the schools. As we all know, schools don't get all the funding that they need and a lot of teachers use their own money to buy things for their students. Those types of donations are very much appreciated. She also says that to get organized, get energized. And one of her little tricks is to play music to energize yourself so that you have a higher energy level, which can keep you focused a little bit longer. So if you want to crank up the music and rock out a little bit, start dancing around the room, it'll get your blood pumping, get you energized, get you in a really good mood, and then you can start getting focused on a small area of a project or getting a task accomplished that you've been putting off. So try it. Next time you're just trying to get motivated, you don't feel like doing something, just crank up the music, rock out to a really fun song to get your energy up, and then you know you can put on some more music and just kind of keep that going so that you are focused on whatever you need to accomplish. So give it a try. Another example would be to divide those dreadful tasks into micro moments. Maybe you have a lot of paper piling up in your office or on the kitchen counter or in the area where the kids do their homework or your office at the house or in your work office if you work out of the home. Make a goal for yourself that every time you walk into that space, you're going to deal with 10 pieces of paper. Pick up those 10 pieces of paper and go through them and see what needs to be done. Hopefully some of it just goes right in the trash or recycle bin. Others may need to get filed. Some papers might need actions taken. So if it's something that can be done quickly, within a few minutes, go ahead and take action on them immediately rather than putting the paper down. So if you could just spend that 10 or 15 minutes tackling those 10 pieces of paper, doing whatever needs to be done for them, you will slowly chip away at those piles of paper in there. And maybe, you know, after that 10 or 15 minutes and those first 10 sheets of paper, you get some energy going and you feel motivated, just keep going if you want, but you don't have to. So just set that goal as every time you walk into your space, you're gonna deal with 10 pieces of paper or whatever the goal is for your space. So think about an area where you can maybe come up with that micro task to do in that micro moment. Think about your closet. People tend to just buy new clothes, they keep adding and adding, and you never give yourself the time to actually purge, and purging the entire closet or dealing with organizing the entire closet is a little daunting. So maybe if you can commit the end of the day when you're deciding what you wanna wear the next day, that you will scan through your closet quickly and pick out one or maybe two things that you know either don't fit you anymore or you just don't like, that you know you haven't worn in ages, it doesn't make you feel good when you wear it, and put those in a donation bag in your closet. Keep that donation bag in your closet and just keep adding to it. And over time, you'll see the bag getting fuller 
and your closet getting a little bit roomier. Think of some other areas in your house that maybe you can create those kinds of micro moments to organize. I know I like to do that when I'm making my shopping list. So I go to my fridge and I try and go through everything that's in there and make sure that if there are containers that are almost empty that need to be replenished, I make sure I clean those out and any older food that needs to be tossed, empty out that space. So I'm making room for the new food, but then I'm also cleaning out the mess. Just think about that. What other areas in your home can you do something like that with on a regular basis? Another tactic for working with your ADD is to take advantage of organizational moments. If you're looking for something in your purse, use that time to clean it out. That's a great time. I know women's purses tend to hold a lot of stuff. And if you don't clean it out regularly, it's just going to be a disaster. So think about next time you dig through your purse to look for something, just start pulling out the trash while you're doing that and get rid of it. I know when I'm at the gas station, I use that time while my tank is filling up to empty the little trash can I keep in my car, and then I go around and pick up any other trash that may be on the floors or in the cup holders, and just get all that trash out. I mean, there's nothing else to do while I'm waiting for my gas to fill up, so why not take that time, that organizational moment, and do something useful to keep my car tidy. So look out for those opportunities in your world. Another tip that Judith suggests is to think like a restaurant server. And I really like this one. I think this one is a great one to utilize every single day because it, it really works with helping you prevent the clutter before it starts. Think about when you're at the restaurant and as soon as you finish eating, they tend to scoop up those dirty dishes and take them straight back to the kitchen to be washed. They do it right away. They don't wait for an hour or two hours or the next day to deal with it. They take care of it right away. So if you can deal with your clutter immediately as it's accumulating into the house as you are finishing undressing you're picking up your clothes and putting them in the hamper if you you know get out of the shower and you dry off instead of leaving your towel on the chair hang it back up in the bathroom it doesn't take that much time if you unwrap a package of a new item in your house throw the packaging away right away don't let it sit there and accumulate because when you leave clutter it tends to invite more clutter and it just tends to multiply and grow simply stated just put things away as soon as you're done using them that really 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 I can't state this enough it really is the best way to prevent those piles of clutter before they have a chance to begin doing that will just prevent the buildup of new clutter another strategy she brings up is to think like a sprinter it's another method discussed in her book and she says that you can divide larger organizing projects into smaller more manageable chunks that can be be completed from start to finish in a quick dash. So a lot of times people with ADD, they start projects and then they don't finish them. And then you have a lot of projects started all over the house or the office and they don't get finished. If you can sprint through the project, you'll be more engaged and you'll have less opportunity to get distracted. So can you think of a large project in your home that you've been avoiding because it seems way too daunting? Maybe it's your basement. You know, maybe you have a storage room that's just chock full of things that you haven't looked at in ages. Maybe your garage is so full you can't even park your cars in there. Or maybe just your closet is just really, really overloaded with clothes and it's a struggle to even just pull things out of the closet when you need them or to even see what you have. So designate one small area rather than the whole closet or the whole garage or the whole storage room. Pick one little area. Maybe it's the top shelf of your closet. Maybe it's just one shoving unit in the garage. 
or maybe it's just one little corner of the storage room in your basement. And just focus on that one small area and then plow through it quickly. If you sprint through it really fast, you won't get as distracted. Aside from all these great strategies for using ADD to your advantage, Judith lists out common ADD patterns in the book that can lead to your disorganization. So you really should be aware of these. So the first one she mentions is how folks with ADD tend to head EAST, E-A-S-T, which is an acronym for everything at the same time. (laughs) You will recognize yourself going EAST if you are someone who gets really enthusiastic about too many projects at once, but never get any of them to the finish line. So her example that she uses in the book is of someone getting jazzed about a big organizing project, running out to buy a bunch of shelving units, storage bins, and paint, but then nothing gets accomplished. None of it gets used. It just sits in a pile, but no worries. Simply remember this phrase, east is least successful. Choose one, then get it done. So remember, east stood for everything at the same time. East is least successful. Trying to do too many things at once, nothing will get done. So choose one, then get it done. So the second pattern you may recognize in yourself is getting off track. ADD brains tend to react to whatever stimulation comes before them, which is why people struggle to complete projects and tasks. It's why the strategy we talked about called sprinting to the finish line mentioned before works so well. When you're working quickly on a small task that may take 15 to 20 minutes, there's much less of a chance of having a distraction interrupt you. The sprinting to the finish line can really help you from getting off track. Keep that in mind when you are feeling like you're trying to accomplish something, but then you keep getting distracted and off track. Hone in, focus in on one small area, and then just that's it. You're going to sprint through it and knock it out. So other ways to combat getting off track is to have a body double in the room with you or to utilize self-talk. I mentioned body doubles in my first episode, but what body doubling is is simply having another person in the room to keep you on task. So they're not there to actually help you with the organizing. They're just there to help keep you more focused on it so that you're not running off out of the room to go do something else because something popped into your head that you forgot you needed to do. You need to go email somebody or make a phone call or check on the dog or on and on and on and on. So the body double will be there to say, "Ah, ah, 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 come back, come back, come back. You're focusing on this. You're going to focus on this for 15 minutes and get it done. Okay, that's body doubling. But if you don't have somebody who can be a body double for you, using self-talk is also another simple strategy. And it requires you to just set your timer for 10 or 15 minutes. When the timer goes off, just ask yourself if you're still focused on the right thing. If you are, great. Set the timer. Keep working. If you weren't on the right thing, then okay, let's, let's regroup. Set the timer and try this refocus again. If you're not successful that with that strategy, then maybe that's not the right strategy for you or maybe the task is just um, something that you can't focus on at the moment and you need to move on to something else. So don't just keep beating the dead horse if you're not making any progress. Sometimes you just need to walk away from something and then come back to it when you're feeling better or more fresh or more energized. I think the clock beeping every 10 or 15 minutes to keep me focused, I think will be a really good strategy for me when I have some really dreadful tasks that I don't like to do in my business, like bookkeeping. Whenever bookkeeping is looming, I tend to sit down, open it all up, try to think I'm going to be focused, and then I'm up and down, up and down, up and down out of my seat because I don't enjoy it. 
and I just have a lot of things that will pop into my vision or things that I know that I have around my my home that I could be doing. And so those are distractions that just draw my attention away from what I should be doing because I don't want to do it. I think if I can try and set this timer to go off every 10 or 15 minutes, I'll have to play around with the time on that for me, but it'll help bring my awareness back to what I was supposed to be doing. So that's the point of it. And I think that's what I'm going to have to do. So Judith, thank you for this tip, because I think this is the one that might save me (laughs) for this particular task. Sometimes when working on a project or organizing a space, people with ADD can become micro-focused on a small detail when the focus should be on a larger task itself. There's an example in our book about someone trying to organize the family room, but then they end up organizing photos in a photo album. That is micro-focused. It's avoiding the bigger task. And the reason people tend to do that is because it helps them block out the overwhelm of the bigger task. It's another pattern where the strategy of using a body double can also help prevent focusing on micro tasks. So again, also the timer, so that you can use that uh, self-talk, self-checking in to see if you are on task. If you struggle with ADD or know someone who does, then you will definitely be aware of how much they underestimate time. If there's anyone in your life who is perpetually late, keeping you waiting, forget that they were supposed to do things for you, or they thought it was another day or time. Those are people who really struggle with time management. They don't estimate time well, and they don't realize how they're using their time. They tend to miss deadlines and appointments and don't complete projects in time. So if underestimating the time it takes for a project sounds familiar, you need to try setting a time goal instead of the completion goal. For example, let's say I need to write an outline for a talk I want to give. I would say instead of I need to make an outline and I have to get this done, I would say, okay, I'm going to focus for an hour to get this outline done. So I have a a set parameter of time that I'm giving myself so that I stay focused on it. Because if I don't give myself a set time frame, it's just going to keep getting pushed out and pushed out and pushed out until the last minute. So it helps me to stay focused on getting something actually done within that time parameter. So a really, really great tool to use is called the Time Timer. It has a little bit of a twist to a traditional timer. It shows a graphic passing of time. If you want to set something for an hour, there's a red disc that makes a complete circle. If you want just 30 minutes, to be displayed, it'll be half of a circle or a quarter of a circle for 15 minutes. And it could be set for any incremental amount within that hour by a minute. Um, so as the time is ticking by, this disc is slowly getting smaller and smaller and smaller until it disappears when your time is up. So it's a great, great visual for you to see time passing. It's something that digital clocks do not offer as a reference because it's just numbers. It's just digits. So you don't see time ticking by. So I highly recommend that families with children that they have analog clocks all over their house because we know kitchens are full of digital clocks, but every kitchen, every homework area and bedroom should have an analog clock so that kids can actually learn to see the passing of time. They learn how long tasks actually take because they're seeing the time passing. Kids just don't get a grasp of time passing unless they can see it. So a time timer is great, but it's great for um, not just kids, but adults as well. So if you really struggle in this area with time, I would 
take a look at the Time Timer website. They have watches. They have little timers you can set on your desk right in front of you. They have um, apps for your phone or for your laptop or iPad. A lot of uh, schools will use those now. So they're really great tools to help you manage your time and see that time passing. So the next pattern in the book was talking about getting stuck on a project, so much so that you resist moving on to another thing that really needs your attention, which creates a cascading effect of unfinished responsibilities. Have you ever become so engrossed in an activity that you were oblivious to the world around you? So again, timers and setting time limits for tasks is another great strategy to counter this particular pattern you may struggle with. You may also overcomplicate a task. Judith's example in this book was of somebody installing a new time management system on the computer and then spending hours on setting it up with all the color coding with the calendar and the to-do lists and all the different features that connect to everything else, except that a lot of the other projects or work that needed to be done wasn't getting done. A lot of organizers, myself included, like the expression, good enough is good enough. In this particular scenario, I would have recommended the person spend some time to install the system, get the basic features operational, and then move on. Because you can always go back and fiddle around with other little features and details at other times. You don't have to do it all at once in one sitting, getting into all the nitty-gritty details of setting up the system. Don't overcomplicate a task. Just keep it simple. Get the basics to the point where it's good enough, and then move on. Because otherwise, you'll get too wrapped up in it. So to get it done, keep it simple. That was another one of her fun, catchy phrases. And the next pattern I see a lot in adults that have ADD, but I see it a lot with people who do not have ADD. This is getting kind of common in a lot of families. It's the issue of adding without subtracting. And I'm not talking about their poor math skills, but it's a pattern of adding so many commitments, activities, and projects to do with little to no deletion or other activities in order to make room in their life to accomplish the new activities. How can you keep adding and adding and adding and never deleting responsibilities or activities or commitments? There's just not enough time in the week or a day. (laughs) So I really just need everyone to take a look at their calendar. Are you running around every single day after school, running kids from here to there, getting home late, eating late dinners, and then doing homework, and then getting the kids off to bed? That's stressful. It creates a lot of chaos in the environment because then nobody's dealing with the day-to-day keeping up in the house with laundry and dishes and shopping and putting things away and things just get out of control. I see this a lot in a lot of busy families with kids that are in millions of activities and it's just everybody's stressed and tired and grumpy. Remember to subtract before you add. So get in the habit of only saying yes to a new project or commitment after you choose one to delete. It will really save your sanity and make a difference in your life. This is so, so important for families to try because families with kids in multiple activities makes for such a chaotic and very stressful household. And these are exactly the families that wonder why they can't keep their homes organized. Think about some rules you can create for yourself to ensure that you are keeping up with deleting a few before you take on new projects, activities, commitments. Maybe it could be that you do not subscribe to any new magazines until you cancel a subscription to one or two magazines that you never read anyways, right? You probably have several. If you're a book lover, maybe you have a ton of books 
and you're starting to not have any more room on your shelves. And so they're piling up in corners and on tables everywhere. So maybe you need to make a rule that you donate one or two or three books before you allow yourself to buy a new book. And local libraries and schools, charities would absolutely be very appreciative to receive free books. So there are plenty of places to take those beloved books of yours so that you can make room for new books. Do your children participate in a lot of different sports with each season? Maybe think about having each child just choose one sport a year and give them more downtime in their lives to enjoy being with friends or just relaxing with the family. Maybe you guys will have more time to do family game nights or movie nights, something just more relaxing than the running, running, running. So think about it. Take a look at everybody's calendars and schedules and see where can you guys start cutting and subtracting. It'll make a big difference in your family's life. It really will. Or your own life. If you don't have kids, if you're just overcommitted, it's exhausting, it's draining, and it can really stress out your your body to be so overcommitted where you don't have a chance to relax. If you recognize some of these patterns in yourself or someone you love, please share this episode with them. And I will have the book link in the show notes. This podcast today only covered one chapter in the book, like I said at the beginning. It's called ADD Friendly Ways to Organize Your Life. The book is actually broken into seven different parts with several chapters within each part. And you don't even have to read the book cover to cover in order to find it useful, which I know would probably be overwhelming for some people. You can really just pick it up, look at the table of contents and find areas that might resonate for you or that you are in need of right now and getting some help with. And it lists a lot of actionable tips. So she's got sections for taking charge of your ADD, organizing your stuff, organizing your time, and organizing your paper. So maybe you only need one of those areas to get some good tips from. And you can just really pick up the book and flip to different pages and you'll see tips on every page. It's big print. It's easy read. It's it's really um, so impactful, I think, no matter where you start in the book. Take a look. Share this episode with anyone you know who may benefit from it. And definitely share the book with anyone you know who is really struggling with their ADD. After listening to this podcast today, I hope you have some useful takeaways and feel super motivated to get organized. But maybe you're at a loss with how to start or where to go next in your organizing journey. Wouldn't it be amazing to have me right there to guide you through the process when you're losing motivation or feeling stuck with what to do next? I may not live near you, so through the wonders of our modern technology, I can be right by your side. Virtually, of course. You heard me. I offer virtual organizing. Reach out to me through my website linked below and we could schedule your first session today. Also, don't forget to reach out to me on social media with comments about an episode or a topic you would like covered in a future podcast. Links are below in the show notes. Go get your organizing on.